Katie. And I'm Chloe. Welcome to the SVU Coven podcast, Little Witch Detectives. Hi. Hi. How is my audio? Am I making that weird sound again? No. Okay, good. I don't know if y'all noticed in the last episode, but I was the one, I did the notes and I was primarily, and I was listening to it, and there was like weird feedback coming from my headphones. And I don't know why. That's weird. <laughs> I didn't do anything different. And like the audio sounded great. Like both of our voices were coming through really clear. It was just like occasionally it was like. Yeah. And I was like, what in the world? So I'm hoping that doesn't happen because I literally did nothing different. <laughs> like, yeah, I hope not. But all right, cool, 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 cool. How are you? I'm doing okay. That's good. Um. Should we jump right into our witch talk? Yes. Yeah. So witch talk is the corner of our intro of the show where we kind of catch everybody up on what's been going on in our lives. Um, so we recorded last week, so not much has changed in the week. Um, and also it's funny because I talk to Coley every day, so we kind of already know <laughs> what's yeah. been going on. Um, but I... Funny enough, last week in our intro, we spent a lot of time talking about COVID uh, and everything you went through, and this week it's my turn. Yay! (laughs) So um, my brother had symptoms Tuesday night of COVID, and then he tested positive on Wednesday, and he and I live together. He's my roommate, and uh, he's currently quarantined in his bedroom and not allowed to leave unless he has to use the bathroom. Mm -hmm because I tested negative so we're like currently on opposite sides of the house which we are naturally anyway because I uh, moved my bedroom into our sunroom so we're actually on opposite sides of the house regardless but we're like staying on opposite sides of the house yeah um because as far as I know I'm still negative I don't have any symptoms uh and we have a PCR test scheduled next week for after our quarantine for both of us just to kind of um make sure that we test negative but yeah I'm living that quarantine life and um it's a little anxiety inducing for me because we I'm just like in my house and we may be moving soon and so there's just like a lot of anxiety like in our house because we don't know if we're moving or not and so I'm just like sitting here I'm like in my room and I'm like oh shit I've got to move that I've got to pack that I you know um so I'm kind of hating it but it's all good I think in the long run it's kind of a lesson from the universe to be grateful for what we have in the present moment um and to be comfortable being alone and spending time at home. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to like spin it into a positive thing. My brother's kind of acting like he's on vacation because he's getting his food delivered to his door from yep. me and he just gets to sit and play video games all day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like like he's not going to school or work right now. He's just chilling and this is exactly what his like dream vacation would be. And I'm just delivering his Chick-fil-A like to his door. <laughs> um but yeah, I grateful. Everything's fine, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Um what's going on with you? Well, I put my two weeks in a Duncan. Yeah. Um, 
They were fighting to keep me. They wanted to keep me on one or two days a week. And I said no. Um, because my health has to come first. Word. Um, my PCR test came back negative for COVID. Yay. (laughs) So I'm COVID negative. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm just, nothing (laughs) exciting happened. Um, since last week. (laughs) I go back to school. Not this coming week, but the week after. Mm-hmm. And the first two weeks are all remote, so that's gotcha. fun. Yeah, do you guys, are you doing, is it like hybrid classes or is it all remote? For primarily? the first two weeks, it's all remote. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've um, noticed a lot of schools in Georgia are doing hybrid where they do like in person for one of the days of the week and then at home for the other. Um, But I kind of think that's how my brother got COVID because his classes started this week and he had to go in and they're like tiny classrooms with like 30 kids in them. Yeah. So I don't know. I just find it interesting to see what every body's doing because I have a lot of friends spread out across the country and it seems like every state is a little bit different in how their colleges are handling it yeah um I find it interesting (laughs) but yeah that sounds exciting yeah I'm excited Mm -hmm. not excited for math but you know just English major things yeah (laughs) I'm retaking an English class because I need two classes in order to take out my loans. Yeah. So. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. My brother was having some loan issues because of his class amount too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, is that our witch talk? I think so. (laughs) Okay. So. We want to move on to the latest episode of SVU. Um, spoilers ahead. Major spoilers ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the episode opens with Noah in a dog cage in a dog collar being told to bark and eat dog food. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I guess Noah was over at a friend's house for a play date, and their mom came in and was like, Noah, your mom is here. And so they, like, scrambled to get Noah out of the cage and get the collar off of him. And they're like, oh, we were just playing, it's fine, like, nothing out of the ordinary was happening, and whatever. Um... Um, the mom said my least favorite phrase in the world in this scene where she was like, boys will be boys. Yeah, I hated that. (sighs) And Olivia hated it. I could see it on her face. I hated it so much. Oh, that Um, was terrible. But when they got out of the house, Olivia was like, so do you want to tell me what was going on back there? (laughs) And Noah was like, not really. It, we were just, it's fine. 
And Olivia kept pushing, and he's like, if I tell you, will you stop talking about it? <laughs> Olivia's like, yes. <laughs> so Noah pretty much said, you know, he had me in a dog cage. She put his dog collar on me and um, wanted me to eat dog food, and I said no. And Olivia knelt down in front of him and was like, Noah, what, like, what? Even, I don't even remember what she said. But the next thing Noah said was, I don't want to talk about it anymore. And he walked away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole case goes down. A case unrelated to what happened to Noah. And at the very end, we see Noah and Olivia again. And Olivia says you know I talked to I forget her name the little girl he was playing with um I talked to her mom and um she was um and I said maybe it was for the best that we have the next play at our house and Noah was like, you didn't tell her about the dog cage, did you? And she's like, uh, yeah, I did. And she's, and he goes, Mom, I told you not to. <laughs> I love Noah. Noah's very... I just, it feels like he thinks that he's, like, calling the shots. Yeah. But in reality, he's not at all. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> He's acting his age, that's for sure. That, well, we don't whatever. Age, but <laughs> we can get into that in age. a second. But whatever <laughs> age he might be, he's acting it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, he was like, you know, whatever the boy's name is, is a jerk. And he bullies everybody. And he was bullying some other kid, like, last week or whatever it was for saying that they had they use they them pronouns and then I said I was bi and it was oh. like what <laughs> okay oh. and it's- that dear listeners is our LGBT representation now our bi representation now our- that cat's our- gone now that cat's gone yeah yeah and it's um it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I've seen a lot. It's it split the fandom for sure. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of discourse uh, very happy and elated about it. And then I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, well, Noah's too young to really know. Um, and I, I don't personally agree with that because I was fairly young when I knew. Um, also, also. We never tell a child they're too young to know they're straight. Yes. Yes. And, you know, uh, there's questions about Noah's age. Uh, Coley found an article from uh, today that said he's eight. Um, But we do know that they aged him up at least once. Um, And we talked about this before. It might have been the last episode or one prior to that but 
mathematically he's somewhere between 8 and 11 so I'm yeah. calling it a sliding scale based on how they want the plot to go yes um, <laughs> so I'm arguing that this episode he's 11 and yeah. I would say for me personally between about 11 to 13 is when I really kind of figured it out yeah um, that I was by. Uh, I've never formally had like a coming out or anything because I knew so early on it was just who I was and who I am. Um, And it's also why I identify with the term bisexual because when I was that age, that was like the main term that we had research on at the time. You didn't see a lot of people coming out as pansexual when I was that age. Yeah. And so bi was what was comfortable to me. Yeah. And I was about, it was like between 11 and 13 is when I really figured it out. I would say by 13, 14, I knew for sure. Because I had already had like a a girl um, in my life. Deja, if you're listening to this, love you. Um, (laughs) But I had already had a girl that I was interested in and was figuring it out by the time I was 13. So if we argued that Noah was 11... I personally can attest to the fact that when I was 11, it was something that I already kind of knew was happening. Even if he's eight. Yeah. Even if he's eight, it's still legitimate for him to already know. Because think about it. We had crushes on people when we were in elementary school, or a lot of people do. Yeah. When you're in elementary school. And it's not a sexual thing. It's a, oh my gosh, like I like them more than everybody else kind of thing. And our personalities go together. You know what I mean? Like I had a crush on somebody in first grade. Yeah. He yeah. wound up being my first boyfriend when I turned 10. That's so cute. Yeah, I remember having a crush on a boy it, literally in kindergarten and inviting him to my birthday party that was Cinderella themed. And Cinderella made me pick somebody uh, to dance with and I was too shy. So I made her dance with him. But I was in kindergarten. Like, I think it was my sixth birthday. Yeah. So, like, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I've been seeing a lot of people in the SVU fandom arguing that Noah is too young to know such a thing. But if you think about the access kids have today to social media and all of the language and verbiage that the LGBTQ plus community is using now, and also the fact that he's old enough to kind of know what he's interested in yeah and also Noah as a character has never been ashamed of who he is exactly and so if you add all of this up even if Noah is eight it is still legitimate and wonderful and so I'm just like I was frustrated because I was like everybody's harping on his age but I'm like it it makes sense. And based on my personal experience, it makes a lot of sense. And not only that, there's a lot of people, I mean, obviously, being transgender and being bisexual are two totally different things. There's a lot of people who know they're trans when they're, like, four. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't Noah, even if he is eight in this and not nine or ten, like I think he might be, even if he is eight in this like the today article um said he was um 
it's not that big of a jump. Yeah. And can we talk about Olivia's response? Yes. Out to her. That's what I was about to bring up. What a fucking rock star Olivia Benson is. Like, <laughs> I, she I didn't make it weird. She wasn't like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're too young. Like, oh. she was just like, thank you for telling me. Mm-hmm. And she was like, kudos to you for standing up for somebody else and yourself. And I believe she called them brave. Mm-hmm. Which in the LGBT community has varying levels of okay and uh, like there's discourse around that whether that's a nice thing or not. But I feel like a mother telling their son that is one thing. I feel like it's the strangers who are like, oh, you're so brave. That's the issue yeah it can be condescending but i think in this context um it was more so like olivia is proud of him for not only standing up for somebody else like you could take noah's sexuality out of it you could take the fact he's a benson out of it he stood up for somebody else yeah and then stood up for himself and and stood in his identity and claimed it um, mm-hmm. And both of those things are very, very brave, especially for someone at such a young age to to do. And so I think more so she was saying it to her son. She was like, wow, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. This is an incredible thing. Thank you for sharing it with me. You know, um, but one thing I do want to talk about is I don't understand really why they didn't press charges of some sort against that boy for locking Noah in a dog cage and filming him and trying to make him eat dog food. Yeah. Why did we just boys will be boys that and Olivia was like the workaround is that his sister can come to our house. Yeah. Why did we just blow that off? I like, don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I feel like I don't know. I feel like maybe pressing charges would be a little bit too far, but I feel like there should definitely have been a, a sit down. Yeah. And like a stern conversation. Yeah. Where Olivia Benson goes, Olivia Benson on this kid. Yes. There was no Ben. <laughs> there was no Olivia. It was just like she just mommed it, like regular mommed it. And I was like, I think she was stunned. And shocked into silence because, like, you a parent never thinks their kid is going to be bullied, right? Yes, but this was, like, a specific homophobic anger fetish that was happening. We didn't know it was the homophobic anger fetish at the beginning, though. No. But, like... I'm just very confused because the Olivia Benson I know would not stand for that shit. No. Like, I was just, and and then we just like skipped over it to do the episode and then we bounce back at the end and we have this wonderful moment that kind of distracts you away from the abuse that took place. And I was waiting for Olivia to bring it up to Amanda. Yeah. Like there were a couple of times where it would have been perfect to be like, oh yeah, and by the way, Noah's being bullied. 
Yeah, and also the thing with Olivia and Amanda, their dynamic now is they're kind of like in this together. This yeah. single mom energy that they have going on, despite Declan like popping back up recently. But, you know, it like it seems like something they would be like in the break room and Olivia would be like, this is happening. And Amanda would be like, okay, you need to do this. You know what I mean? You've done it before. Right. And then, and maybe they did have that conversation and we just didn't see it because we have a limited amount of screen time. Yeah. But I just, they could have done. And they deleted it and I will be so mad. Yeah. And they could have done a whole episode on just what was happening to Noah. Yeah. Like, I just, I'm very happy. I'm pro Noah coming out, despite his age, all of that, for it. Love it. But I don't know. It just, it was almost like there were two episodes happening at once, which is something they often do. It's the A plot, B plot. But, you know, I I felt like Noah could have had his own episode there. And I know the fans would eat that up. Again, um, they've done it before. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. It was a little off-putting. Yeah. Um, but definitely worth talking about uh, in our intro here because it just was so... That moment with them was just so tender. Yeah. And um, it felt very validating as a um, bisexual person in this fandom because up until Cat, we didn't have a ton of representation. Um so I'm yeah. and you know we love Noah he's a bit of a <laughs> he's a bit of a brat but we love he can him be a brat but what kid can't be that's like, true um that's another thing with the fandom is there is like a lot of them like hate on Noah for acting like a kid and it's like do you want him to be this perfect step for a child? Like, <laughs> um, and I also think it adds something to Olivia's like character development to have a bratty kid because yeah. if Noah was just the writers don't want Olivia to be happy, right? So if Noah was just like this perfect child, never got into trouble, nothing bad ever happened to him, it wouldn't be Olivia Benson's child. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And it makes me think back to the Brooke Shields arc of it all. What a good arc. (laughs) It was a good arc. And, like, as much as I don't like Sheila, I love Brooke Shields. I know. Come back. (laughs) I love Brooke Shields. And I love that her and Mariska are homie homies in real life. Like, I live for it. I would love for Sheila to come back. Oh, God. Um, And Brooke Shields also is no stranger to... Uh, the SVU world and all that entails. So I love that she can bring like lots of aspects of her life into the show too. But yeah. that's another conversation. <laughs> that's another conversation for a different day. We should do an episode where we just talk about all the like characters we've loved <laughs> that aren't yeah. there anymore. Yeah. About John Munch. But anyway. <laughs> um. Well. Thank you for talking about that with me. If you guys yeah. are caught up on the show, like to where we are today, let us know. You can actually um, watch it live with us if you want, but I would love to hear your thoughts about Noah and his well, coming out. I mean, I don't know that they can watch it live with us because neither of us have cable. But Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
If anyone wants to share their cable with us, let us know. Yeah. Send help. <laughs> but yeah. Especially because I'm not going to be having to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning on Fridays anymore. Oh my gosh! I forgot! Yeah, we've been debating about splitting some sort of cable for just when, like, SVU is live. Because um, we already share a Hulu account, so we could just add Hulu live, but it's so expensive. For... It's expensive, and my aunt has Hulu live. You can only have it live in one spot once yeah and it's not like one spot at a time it's one spot period mm-hmm. and so then it's like uh, eh. <laughs> yeah and, and then I, like, I, I, yeah and then i was like we can try something else because i know there's some other options which detectives if you know some other options let us know yes. um but i have free trialed out every live tv streaming service there is so i would have to commit to paying for something um but it would just be for like when svu is on but then i think why am i paying this much money for a few months because we go on hiatus every like three months and so i'm like i don't know (laughs) i can't make it worth it in my head yeah um especially because we do have hulu and then we can watch it the next day so i'm yeah, I so you can watch it next day with us if you want. Yeah, that's <laughs> why we haven't been like live tweeting. If any of y'all have noticed, because we don't have a way to watch it. Oh God! But I, I do know Dennis Hamill tweeted something out about this episode. Um, this past week, he's like, "If you saw that and aren't whatever." you must be asleep i'm like or you just you know don't have cable and didn't see it because you can't Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i um get frustrated because twitter is my favorite social media uh these days and i'm on twitter quite a lot and Thursday nights I cannot log in because I actually have a lot of our like witch detectives on my Twitter feed and also yeah. just like some other SVU people and I they all live tweet it and it spoils so much and so I'm like I just have to hide from social media on Thursday nights which maybe isn't a bad thing but it is frustrating because I just see stuff and I'm like oh man I can't wait to see that actually happen and and I'm a little embarrassed about this, but I've kind of gotten into OC. <laughs> See, I still haven't, but there's just this that's an issue for another. Yeah, I I've kind of gotten into it. Um recently, I don't think it's as uh compelling as SVU in any way, and honestly, I don't even think it rivals SVU in any way. No. Um, but I've just kind of gotten invested in the character specifically. Um, I have been incredibly invested in Sex and the City reruns. <laughs> Thank you, Katie Couric. Yeah. Um, Katie, if you're listening to this, hi. But I doubt you are. <laughs> she might be. She, she full, might be. She full stop knows who you are. So she like, she full stop knows who I am. But I doubt she's listening to this. But if you are, hi. Um, 
Um, but while I was watching one of these old episodes of Sex and the City, who popped up but Isabel Gillies? Oh, Isabel. <laughs> it was so fun. I was like, wait a minute, is that? And then I looked, I was like, oh my god, it is. Oh my god. And I looked in the credits and it was like, Isabel Gillies. I was like, well, I'll be damned. Speaking of her, we did, or Coley, Coley emailed her about being on the show because we would love to interview her, especially after her uh, blog Tomorrow. post about SVU. Yeah. Um, so if anyone has a link to Isabel and wants to send her our way, we would love to talk to her because as y'all know, we stand Isabel Gillies in this house. <laughs> yes, we do. We love her. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to check my other folders to see if <laughs> she ever responded. Yeah, I wonder. I, I feel like probably not. And I feel like also a lot are up for an interview. Um, but we just love her. And I just want to talk to her. <laughs> I want to know what her life is like and what she's doing. And, you know, could be a fun time. Yeah, nothing from Isabel. Shoot. Well, manifest. Manifest. Michelle Heard also. Manifest. Yes. <laughs> um, shall we get moving a little bit? We shall. Okay. <laughs> um. So this is your episodic reminder to rate, review, or and subscribe or follow if you're on Apple Podcasts because now subscribing is subscription-based, which means you have to pay money, and we don't do that. So follow. Mm-hmm. Um, rating and subscribing or following are the most important things. They tell the algorithm that people are listening to us and they like us and they will show us to other people reviewing is just really nice because we lost all our reviews when we switched podcast hosts and we miss them (laughs) we miss having people telling us that we're doing a good job and we're amazing (laughs) podcast hosts and all that stuff we're water signs we need the validation (laughs) we need validation (laughs) um speaking of reviewing if you do leave us a review you over to me on instagram at svu coven and we will shout it out on our instagram yes we will. um so that segues into my episodic reminder to plug our social media so if you're already reviewing and you're popping over to svu coven on instagram why don't you give us a follow over there because that is where we post our updates our dank svu memes some witchcraft stuff in between uh i haven't been keeping up with it as much lately just because I've been busy at work however uh we will (laughs) especially now that I put my two weeks in after next Friday the 21st so Friday when this comes out because it'll be Monday um I'll be able to keep up with it more because I won't be exhausted right Yeah, and we have a lot of fun over there, especially on our stories, so make sure to check it out. Also, if you want to be on the show, if you want to sponsor the show, or you just want to get more involved with the coven, Instagram's a great place to start. Uh, If you're looking for something a little more intimate, however, 
we do have a Discord server. And mm-hmm. on that Discord server is a little thing, like all things SVU. So you can book tarot readings with us there. You can watch the show with us there. We have a voice channel if you guys want to talk while you're watching the show. Of course, Coley and I can't watch SVU live at the moment, but we will support. Um, And pretty much anything else. All things SVU Coven are on the Discord in a more intimate one-on-one way with us. If you're interested in joining, however, the link to join does expire after a week. So you want to hop over to our Instagram and DM us for the link. I also have a link in our bio you can follow. And um, especially if you want to be on the show, Discord's a good place to chat with us too. But Mm -hmm. If Discord is not speaking to you, if Instagram doesn't resonate, you can always email us at svucoven at gmail.com. Questions for us if you want to be on the show, if you want us to talk about a particular thing. We've had witch detectives ask us in the past to talk about certain things. Um, We are open to communicating with you all. So whatever medium speaks to you, feel free to use it. And we would love to have you join the coven. Yes. (laughs) Woohoo! So... Shall we get into our self-love affirmation? Let's do it. Okay. I trust my... the ugh, Self-love affirmation of the week. I trust myself to make the right decision. I have the tools and abilities that I need to do so. So I picked this one just because I've been getting a lot of things like this lately. Like ever since I decided I was putting my two weeks in. Mm-hmm. Um... I think it fits really well for this episode. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So if you are not driving, uh, take a minute, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths and meditate on that. If you are driving, you are still welcome to meditate on it. Take a few deep breaths. Just don't close your eyes. (laughs) We don't want you getting into an accident. Yes, please don't wreck your car. (laughs) Or yourself. Or yourself. <laughs> All wreck good things. Or you wreck yourself. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I really also like that affirmation because I think me personally, I forget to trust myself a lot of the time. And I have a, I struggle with a lot of self-doubt. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely a good reminder. Definitely. Okay. Our summary. <laughs> The trial of an accused child molester is jeopardized when the prime witness has difficulty dealing with his past. Interesting. We open up at a photo print shop, printing photos of a little boy, and as the pictures go on, he has less and less clothes on. Ellie and Olivia arrive, not revive, arrive (laughs) on scene, and look through the pictures. Um... Elliot asks the name of the person who dropped them off. His name is Larry Holt. Olivia says that the, uh, even though the child posed in the last photo and that all, that all they could charge him with it on... Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> all they could charge him on is endangering the welfare of a child. That they're going to have to have... They're going to have a hard time proving it's child pornography. Um... Elliot says his gut tells him it's the tip of the iceberg, and if he gets a, wh- a whiff of them, he's going to clean house. He, meaning Larry Holt. 
I'm having a hard time talking today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what would it be SVU Coven if we didn't have a hard time talking? No. <laughs> After Olivia suggests they follow him for a few weeks but not make themselves known, Larry Holt walks in the door to pick up the pictures. Dun dun. So, okay, so they are at the, like, they're getting, where pictures get developed, that kind of store, right? Did someone give them a tip that those pictures were in there? Is that why they were there? The guy behind the counter who develops the pictures and, like, rings them up and stuff, he gave them a tip. Okay. Uh, Apparently, they had someone come in and give a seminar about that kind of thing. And, yeah. Okay, gotcha. That's what I was thinking. And then I think it's also important to note, if you're tracking the tech like I am, that this dates the show, too. Yes. Um, Because I know it's trendy now to get photos developed and buy the disposable cameras. But back in the day, that was, like, the only <laughs> medium. So um, just just wanted to say that for those of you that are tracking with me. <laughs> yeah. And it... it- Dates itself even more as we go on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Larry Holt is in interrogation. Craig is telling Elliot Olivia that they jumped the gun, that based on the photos, they can't even prove EWC or endangering the welfare of a child, as the open bottle in the back could be apple juice, quote unquote. And there's no point proof the boy drank from it. Which is true. Yeah. But, I mean, still. Yeah. An open bottle of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Two shot glasses. Anyway. <laughs> Elliot explains the one picture is posed and it's not a normal pose for a boy. Which, fair. Um, to which Cragen says, unless you're in a beauty pageant. Elliot asks how many boys he knows go John Bonet. Of course, uh, um, reference to John Benet Ramsey, the child mm-hmm. beauty pageant um, yes. winner. Which mm-hmm. also dates the show a little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Craigan tells him to keep going and he says that those photos are posed and that the poses are learned and taught and not from other kids. Um, the child in the photos is Holt's piano student. The defense attorney tries to get the keys from the police. Cragen tells him that they're with the property clerk, but Ellie and Olivia didn't make a run to the property clerk yet. <laughs> <laughs> they were going to go in about two hours. Yep. Smooth. Um, ADA tells them if they get probable cause based on more than Elliot's ESP, they can get a warrant. In the meantime, a uni is guarding the house. I think it's funny that the ADA was like, "Do you have? Would you? I'm assuming you want a warrant based on your ESP." Yeah, and then Elliot like <laughs> pretends that he's psychic for a second, and then he's like, "Yes, I do." He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> And part of <laughs> the witch in me was like, this is offensive. But the human in me was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. A man tries to go to the house, but the uni stops him just as Ellie and Olivia show up. 
Man tells Elliot that the uni is preventing him from entering his house. But he doesn't live there. His father does. So it's his father's house, not his house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Elliot tells him he can't go in and the property is sealed. Um, Holt has money, as is told by the fact that the house he owns is too nice for him to own all of it in the neighborhood he lives in. Um, Elliot says a rich white guy moves into this neighborhood and it's not by coincidence. Olivia asks if they think it's coincidence that he lives across the street from an elementary school. Um, just then a little boy runs up trying to get into the building saying he had piano lessons. It's the boy from the picture. Mm-hmm. His name is Jonathan. Um, eerily enough, that's the name of the ghost I saw when I was little. Oh. random I know (laughs) I didn't sleep well last night so I'm a little loony today I'm sorry Mercury retrograde you know (laughs) Olivia asks if Mr. Holt is a good teacher and if he ever touched Jonathan Jonathan tells them that Mr. Holt keeps his hand on his back for posture but his dad says it's okay Olivia asks if Mr. Holt took pictures of Jonathan while he played. He said yes, but that Mr. Holt has a whole bunch of other pictures that he calls snappies and that the boys in the other snappies didn't have any clothes on. Uh, Mm. That gives them probable cause that they need uh, to get in and they need to get in ASAP. If they don't get in tonight, someone else will. Cregan sends the ADA and Elliot to get a warrant they'll go and mow the ink dry. The judge signs a warrant for any form of media that you could imagine in the 90s. <laughs> so, that's film, um, movie film, uh, videotapes, um, pictures, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's three till nine. Elliot calls Olivia to tell her they got the warrant, and she goes into the house with Munch and Jeffries. Something that we're going to get into, but I think I also would deem this a very Munch-centered episode, even though he's not in it a ton. Yeah. Because there's a lot of character development that happens here with John. Yeah. I definitely think it's a Munch-centered episode, but I also think it's an Elliot-centered episode. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Olivia finds a book of snappies, and Munch finds a room full of videotapes and film with a camera pointed out at the piano. Not just a room. It's like ceiling to floor of videotapes. Yeah. Yeah. Um... At arraignment, 43 images in the album of Snappies were obscene, and 157 videotapes were found. Holt is charged with endangering the welfare of a child, use of a child in a sexual performance, promoting an obscene sexual performance by a child, and 44 counts of possessing an obscene sexual performance by a child. Can we just hold up real quick? Why does it have to be an obscene sexual performance by a child? It's by a child. By definition, is that not obscene? Right. Do we have to specify the fact that it's obscene? It's, I, 
Law and Order likes to do that. I've no- and I know that a lot of it is actual legal jargon. Um, but like even in our like ex- especially heinous, you know? Yeah. Like it's it's almost like they like adding a word or two to make sure that it's solidified in your brain that this is an obscene thing that's happening. Yeah. Like we didn't already know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think a lot of it is legal jargon too, because I think that's actually what they would say. Yeah, I know. I just it They were doing it this week even on it, the show. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not needed. So like it's... take a shot every time they say dead to rights. <laughs> yeah. Um, back in the squad room, the squad is watching the tapes found, including the one they found in the VCR. <laughs> that's a throwback. Oh, <laughs> About a minute into the tape, the boy asks Mr. Holt, please don't. Larry says, it's okay. And the boy says, no, that hurts. Mm-hmm. The video in the VCR is different lessons of the same kid spanning 15 years. And that's a guess. I don't know that it's actually 15 years. At least 10. Yeah. Um, Munch volunteers to watch the tapes. Brave man. This is right, this is right. the downfall of John Munch. Was this decision right here? Yeah. <laughs> um, Cragen says that they need to get back into the house. They need Holt's computer, day planner, schedule. Um, Elliot asks, "What about a charge of abuse?" The ADA says that they need a complainant for that, an actual kid. Cragen points at the screen of the kid on the screen and says, "We need that kid." Um. The squad minus Munch and a few other nameless detectives that we don't know their name um, canvasses the neighborhood looking for the kid. Meanwhile, they're collecting stories about Larry Holt. Everything from he was a little fruity, again, dating himself, to um, he was the most decent guy there is. That makes a difference, that he makes a difference in people's lives a hell of a lot more than the police, a collective view directed at Jeffries ever will. I also, this, there's the scene where the guy in the, uh, the bodega, uh, says that Larry Holt is fruity, where he's talking to Elliot. Uh-huh. And he was basically like, you know, Elliot was like, is something going on? And the guy was like, something already happened or you wouldn't be here. Yeah. And I loved that because it really puts in perspective what police work really is. Yeah. Um, and Elliot was like, well, I'm here now. Mm-hmm. And I just, I thought that was interesting, that scene. Because uh, the guy does call Larry Holt fruity and then he's basically like, Elliot's like, what do you mean? And he's like, it's not my business. Yeah. Um, and I just think it, that's a really interesting interaction for some reason. Yeah. Um, Jeffries, Ellie, and Olivia are walking and talking, doing the famous walk and talk. I love a walk and talk. Yeah. (laughs) Um, saying people knew that maybe people were just trying to be optimistic and that people were busy trying to keep food on the table. Jeffries runs off to talk to another woman and Olivia reminds Elliot that no parent can protect a child from everything. Elliot says he'd feel everything for them if he could. All the pain. Olivia admits that sometimes she'll look at kids and think, why do it at all? 
Elliot says, because you want them more than anything else in the world. And she really did. Real Yes. <laughs> As they're walking, they hear a piano being played, coming from Holt's house. They run up the stairs and find a kid from the videotape. His name is Evan. Fun fact, the actor who plays Evan in this episode played Angel in the movie version of Brent. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Every time I watch this episode and I see him, I'm like, I swear to you, that's Angel. And today I finally looked it up on IMDb. And of course, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, He's also in Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, I need to watch that. <laughs> Me too. Because we're going... This is a side note that I won't delve into, but I'm a big uh, Marvel person. And mm-hmm. we are going through an Andrew Garfield renaissance right now. And yeah. I need to watch it it's like maybe i'll do that this weekend since i'm quarantined because i keep seeing it and people keep referencing it and i'm like oh that looks so good and then i just don't watch it is Um, it on hulu or netflix i think it's a netflix original i may be wrong about that but it's on netflix for sure and i believe vanessa hutchins in it also i'm i'm gonna have to watch that (laughs) i'm less concerned about who's in it and more concerned about watching it because of the whole jonathan larson thing Mm, right I just, I keep seeing stuff about it and I'm like, this looks like something interesting to me. Um, But yeah, cool. IMDB coming in clutch always. Always. (laughs) Okay. Um, They bring him back to the station to interview him. He has an audition for Juilliard in three days. He's nervous, but if he gets in, says it'll all be thanks to Mr. Holt, who is a great... great piano teacher they ask how and he says he pushes you they ask how and he says he makes you practice a lot to develop good technique when they ask again they get nowhere olivia finally says they need to talk about holt and what he did to him that it wasn't his fault but if he but that they needed but uh, but that he needed to tell them he gives them the reason he started playing piano um, which has to do with, um, not Billy Elliot, Elton John. Yes. <laughs> Billy Elliot is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's too early on the Saturday. It's too early on a Saturday. It's 12 o'clock, but it's still too early. <laughs> um, Olivia asks when he first had sex he says he hasn't yet olivia asked if mr holt touched him he said no cragen suggests that they show him the tape elliot says no and that maybe getting him on the charges he's already got is enough even though he's guilty of a lot more elliot says seeing that tape is going to wreck that child's life cragen corrects him evan isn't a child he's an adult Craigan and the ADA show Evan the tape, and he barely makes it a minute in before he's very obviously triggered and runs to the back corner of the room, shielding his face, begging them to turn it off. Elliot walks in with a look on his face that says, I told you so. Um, because that's what that look was. Yeah, it's, um, Elliot knew they were going to re-traumatize him. Yeah. Um, and it's almost... It's not necessarily healthy to live in that state of denial, but it was making his life, it was making Evan's life livable. Yeah. 
um, and they just shattered it. Exactly. <laughs> and imagine how like beguiling it must feel to watch that experience like on yeah. tape when you yeah. experienced it as a child. Like I, I can't even imagine. And it's not even like they're showing him a different kid. They're showing him him. Yeah. Like, he had no idea he was being videotaped. Mm-hmm. So. Ugh, it's just all around, like, icky. Yeah. Ellie and Olivia are out in the neighborhood where Holt lives. Um, Ellie says that he managed to blend in somehow, but Olivia said he stood out, which is what the kids of the neighborhood, including Evan, needed. Someone to love them. Hmm. Ellie and Olivia go to visit Evan at home. His mother is not too receptive, but they keep quiet about why they're really there and say they're there just to talk about Evan and his piano playing. Um, And the mom is like, well, if you're from that fancy school, you better talk to him about who's going to pay for it. Um, They talk to Evan, ask how the audition went, and then ask him to identify some other kids in the album of Snappies. Evan identified some of the kids in the albums older now. One's in jail, one's a junkie, and again, dating the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one knows, and one, no one knows where he is. Um, Holt didn't have a computer, no daytimer, no set schedule, no evidence anyone else helped him, and nobody's, meaning current families and students, are talking. Um, the ADA can charge Holt on two counts of child abuse in Evan's case, but they can only go back five years. Jeffries points out that the law was changed in 96 and that they can prosecute up to five years after the child's 18th, 18th birthday, which is still a lot more than two. The ADA says there's no grandfather clause for abuse before 96. Everything that happened to Evan before age 16 is inadmissible. And everything over 17 is, quote, consensual. So only a year of what happened to him is, in, is admissible. Um, I hate that they put that everything over 17 is consensual. Um, I, it's just legally. I get why. Yeah. Like, still, I hate it. Yeah, because it wasn't necessarily. Exactly. Um... Elliot says that Evan is afraid of betraying Holt and that people will hate him. Ricky, the quote junkie, denies that anything happened with Holt, says he misses being able to go to Holt's place to get warm, eat a meal and a sugar cookie, said the door was never locked, but if it was, you just came back and it was unlocked. Jeffries goes to talk to Ray Guzamano, Holt's most successful student. And he won't testify, implying something happened. Because no one is going to take away the fact that he plays piano well enough to get out of that neighborhood and away from them. Away from him. Wow. That was a confusing sentence in my head. It makes (laughs) sense on the paper. It makes perfect sense on the paper. It just, in my head, was confusing. (laughs) Elliot goes to talk to Holt's son and gets the door slammed in his face. Uh, Cragen finally checks on John. Thank God. Get right? <laughs> Remarks that he's still there. Asks if he can sleep. 
John says he closes his eyes and sees every frame of the tapes. Craig and John talk about going back to homicide where there are no living victims. Then Cragen says how John retired from Baltimore and then found himself at Manhattan SVU. John said he'll make sure he does a better job of quitting this time. Mm-hmm. Cragen tells him to go home and take care of himself. Self-care is important for everyone, no matter what gender you are. Word. And I think Cragen is definitely an advocate for that. Yeah. Um, he always pushes everybody to go home and take care of themselves when it's needed. Um, and... I think what's wonderful about this is you really get to see how John has grown um, through his career, because as you know, he's the king of law and order. Um, So I just, I I think that we've seen John go through a lot recently. Um, And this is definitely not helping, but I love, and I was watching the episode today before we, started recording and I texted Coley and I was like I hope in universe that Munch and Cragen are still homies and they still talk once a week and they still are like family you said at least twice a week (laughs) at least twice a week Um, because I I want I just feel like they complement each other really well and you can see that through all the trials both of them have gone through that they've been there for each other Yes. Um, and I hate that John had to sit there and watch so many hours of this horrible stuff and just have it ingrained in his brain like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, fun fact, in a later episode... Oh, wait, no. Never mind. Not fun fact. Never mind. I'm thinking of something else. Not a fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. At the Stabler home, Ellie is reading The Night Before Christmas to Lizzie and Dickie. And Dickie asks if their stockings would be filled that night. Elliot says no, that Christmas only comes once a year and it's currently February. Um, Evan is paging him. He calls him back and says he'll meet him where he is as, as soon as he can. We don't know where that is, but it turns out to be a diner. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan told his mom what happened and she threw him out, said she didn't want some slur for a gay man living Mm -hmm. at her house. Um, he didn't know who else to call. Elliot says it's okay and says he knows some places that offer emergency housing to help him get back on his feet. Elliot asks how his, how Evan's job is going and ultimately Evan says he got fired. Evan says he thinks he wants to testify, asks Elliot if he thinks he's gay. Elliot says it's not for him to say, that maybe he doesn't know yet, and that it's not a choice. But there's a big difference between homosexuality and pedophilia. Evan asks what that is, and Elliot says homosexuality is none of my business. Elliot asks Evan why he didn't stop taking lessons. He said he didn't think he had a choice. Elliot says that when Evan chooses someone to love, it won't be about what was done to him. Evan asks if it'll all be his fault, and Elliot says there's no fault. It's supposed to be about love. Mm-hmm. Back at the Stabler house, Elliot's closing the piano. 
Kathy comes. Uh, did I skip a part? Mm. No. I don't think so. Back at the Stabler house, Ellie is closing the piano. Kathy comes around the corner and asks what's going on and how it's going. He says, going. Kathy asks if he talks to Olivia about it and about work. Because I skipped that part. She asked how work is going and um, or what's going on at work. And he says nothing. And Kathy asks if, if he talks to Olivia about it. And he says she's my partner. A small, seemingly insignificant scene, but we can see a little bit of jealousy from Kathy here regarding Elliot and Olivia. Yes. And that I was going to say something to that effect as well. It's the first yeah. time that we are seeing Kathy having some sort of resentment about Elliot and Olivia's relationship. And if yes. you are currently caught up with the show, this is a very big moment. Yes. Um, because Kathy also is nothing but supportive of them, but this is going to be a runner throughout the series. Is that yeah. there's this underlying jealousy and resentment, essentially because Olivia is like Elliot's second wife. Yeah. Um, and if you're an EO shipper, this is a big moment for you <laughs> as well. Yeah. <laughs> because it's the first time we see it. Um, yeah. Whereas otherwise, you would think that Kathy and Elliot are rock solid. Um. So yeah, I do think it's a big moment. Even though it's like the smallest, most insignificant scene and they think it doesn't matter. It matters. It matters. So much it matters. Listen, everything that is played, like everything that is shown on screen on SVU matters at some mm-hmm. point for something. Yeah. And no one Even ever forgets. Even if you don't quite get it. <laughs> no one ever forgets. I will say the writers of OC forget everything. But as for you writers, they remember. Yes. (laughs) That's because SVU writers do their homework. Yeah. And they've actually watched (laughs) the show they're writing about. Well, it's hard. It's hard for OC writers to watch a show that didn't exist until two years ago. Yeah, but it's a spinoff show of a show that's existed for 20 years. And you can tell that they just ignored a lot of things. Entire things. Post season 13. So, (laughs) I just season 12, you mean? Yes, post season 12, they just (laughs) stopped watching. They were like, eh, we don't need that information. Nope. God. Anyway, Anyway, (laughs) Elliot asks how they can make Evan more comfortable about testifying. The ADA says that Evan tries to get the right answer like a kid. Elliot says he is one emotionally and sexually. The ADA says that w- when he has a kid testifying, he does a courtroom he does courtroom prep with him, walking him or her around the courtroom to get them comfortable with where everyone is sitting and all that stuff. We then see Evan in the courtroom, spinning in the judge's chair, banging the gavel, a very childlike. They go over to the witness stand, um, and they go over why he won't be able to sit in on the trial. The ADA tells him to simply answer the questions and to look at him when he's when he's asking the questions. Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, 
Back in the squad room, Elliot walks in to see John. They talk about what makes a perp a perp, and then John says to El- that Elliot needs to see something. Evan abusing Jonathan under Holt's direction on video. The whole squad is in Cragen's office debating whether or not Evan had been through enough. Jeffrey says he has. Olivia says no. You could give it a few years and they'll have another Holt on their hands. Mm-hmm. They bring Evan into interrogation and ask him about what happened with Jonathan. Evan says Larry said he wasn't feeling the music. How could you play a song about longing when you've never felt it? Elliot comments that Jonathan was playing the entertainer. And Evan counters with, it's how he learned how to play. Cragen commented that he committed a crime and Evan says he deserves to be punished. ADA asks if he still wants to testify and Evan nods. Cragen says he'll be arraigned that afternoon. Evan asks if he's going to jail. Cragen says they can probably make a deal. Elliot walks out, slightly brooding. I didn't know what else that would be called. Yeah. Like, he wasn't fully brooding, but it was slight. It was there. Yeah, he was grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Cragen asks what. Then says that Elliot doesn't think it's fair that they give Evan a deal. Elliot says he doesn't know what he knows anymore. Cragen says they watched that boy suffer things no one should have suffered on tape. Elliot asks Evan or Jonathan. Cragen says he gets the point, but he was talking about Evan. That he was abused when he tur- and when he turns ooh, and then he turns around and does it. Um, Elliot thinks it's an excuse that it relieves him of an awful lot of accountability. I agree. Yeah. Um, however, there is a term for it. It's not revictimization. Um, I can't think of what the actual term for it is, but you see this statistically a lot with children that have been abused because it's what yeah. they know. Exactly. Um, and there they, is a term for it, and I don't know what I don't remember what it is. Either. Yeah, and I've I've had um someone in my life that this has happened to. He's no longer in my life, but I remember um yeah. a first account story where he feels incredible guilt and did a terrible thing but psychologically it was all he knew because his development was cracked um, yeah and it's actually something I love about SVU is they do address issues like this because it's something that you don't often think about is this duality that Evan can be both the victim and the abuser yeah um and I agree with Elliot that it shouldn't excuse his abuse and he should be taking full accountability for it because he knows better than anyone else what it felt like but I also see like the Jeffrey's point of like he went through a terrible thing that completely derailed his entire life his entire childhood to the point where he was in such denial he couldn't even admit that it happened and then they yeah. re-traumatized him by showing him a literal video of it mm-hmm um he's been through a lot and it doesn't discount that he's been through a lot but um I wish I knew the actual term for it but it's similar to re-traumatization re-victimization um because it's all they know yeah so um Cragen says the idea that abuse begets abuse begets abuse is a rationalization that has been used by countless defense attorneys but that in this case it also happens to be true Elliot said he had a choice and committed a crime. 
Cragen says that Evan the adult had a choice, and that they're cops and they'll deal with the commission of the crime. But what's bugging Elliot is Evan the little boy. The judge arraigns Evan and sets a ba- sets bail at twenty five thousand dollars. The lawyers asked to approach the bench and manage to get Evan released into the custody of the people because he's testifying against Holt the next day. Elliot and Evan stay at the Starland Hotel. Elliot isn't talking to Evan, and Evan asks if Elliot hates him. Elliot says he doesn't hate them. Hate him. Back to silence. Then Evan says, what you said at the diner the other night. And Elliot says, that was before. Elliot explains what happened to Evan is terrible, and he looks at him and tries to see the little boy who was abused. Only now, Evan finishes for him. He sees an abuser. Elliot takes the night before Christmas out of his duffel bag, saying Dickie must have put it in there, that he's determined to make Christmas come every day. Evan starts to read the book, and Elliot takes it away from him and says, Don't. Flash to Evan's testimony. He he was asked if Hole ever touched Evan. Touched him. Sorry, I wrote this weird. <laughs> the ADA asks if Holt ever touched Evan while he played, other than to put a hand on his back for posture. Evan said yes. Jump to the sentencing hearing. Quickest trial I've ever seen. I know. Like, even on Law and Order, that's the quickest trial I've ever mm-hmm. seen. Um... Jump to the sentencing hearing. The judge gives Larry the opportunity to speak, but he wants to say nothing. The judge read the pre-sentencing report, and nothing in it proves Larry feels any remorse or suggests that she should be lenient. She then goes into a wonderfully impassioned speech about how he violated the trust of every child in his charge, and then sentences him to 115 years in prison. He'll be eligible for parole in 38 years. He's almost 60, so he'll be about 98 when he gets out. Or he'll die in prison. Or he'll die in prison. Mm -hmm. And as the ADA says, isn't math wonderful? (laughs) (laughs) Elliot Cragen and the ADA are trying to convince Jonathan's dad to take a plea, but he wants Evan to go to trial. Says he'll go to the media if the deal goes through. And the deal on the table is um, Evan gets probation and put on the registry, assuming, because Jonathan's under 18. Um, yeah. You know what I what just dawned on me? Um, the episode this week of SVU is very parallel to this one. It is. Yeah. Anyway... Um, they go into the interrogation room and Evan hands Elliot a letter from Juilliard and Elliot opens it and says, congratulations. So Evan got into Juilliard. Um, the lawyers, Elliot and Evan are discussing the deal and Evan says that he'll take the three years in prison that Jonathan can't go through testifying and he doesn't know what made Holt the way he was. But he does know why the way he is the way he is. And it stops here now. And we dick wolf. Yeah. It's so interesting. I, I It makes me go back to. Um, Cragen saying we can't pick the Vic. Yeah. Um, which I think you see a lot throughout all of the show. Um, 
And I love that they create these stories uh, to highlight real things that are really happening. Yeah. So good. All right. Let me shuffle my tarot deck. Woohoo. I'm using my Golden Girls tarot deck again. Oh. Rip Betty White. We love you. I was listening to one of her books on Audible, and she was talking about a horse that um, she was um, helping raise money for, um, like, for his medical care, and she got a, like, a paperweight in the mail um, with Butterscotch's image put on it, um, a few years before the book was written and she teared up as she was saying rest easy butterscotch i'll see you soon oh it was i cried yeah there's i don't know if they're doing it over uh where you are but um if you're in atlanta and you're driving on 85 there a bunch of people put up billboards that say thank you for being a friend betty and you can see it like on the interstate and it's really cute i haven't been on the interstate so i don't know if there's anything there <laughs> yeah i didn't know if it was just a georgia thing or if it was like nationwide but if you're in atlanta <laughs> yeah okay so i'm gonna pick one card we had no jumpers hmm. so i'm picking a card Okay. And this is the moon card. Ooh. So, the moon. If I can find it. There we go. Illusion, fear, anxiety, subconscious, and intuition. Um, I feel like that's perfect for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, because... There, there was that illusion that um, Evan hadn't been abused, that he had told himself that illusion. There was fear um, once he accepted that he had been. And um, he was afraid to testify because he was afraid of betraying Larry and that people would hate him. Um obviously there's anxiety in that Mm -hmm. and then yeah I just I feel like that's the perfect card for this episode yes the cards never lie cards never lie um something about the moon card too in particular is that it's a water sign card particularly Mm -hmm. ruled over Pisces which is me but cancer the zodiac sign is ruled by the moon which is you so it's kind of a good card for like our show or whatever. <laughs> and the art on that one was B. Arthur sitting on a crescent moon. Oh, you'll have to send me a picture of that. Yes. Love it. And I put it in the deck and I shuffled. Nice. No, I didn't. I just put it at the end of the deck instead mm. of the beginning. Okay. All right. Well, that was our episode. That was our episode. 
Um, if you're still listening, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, or follow. Um, rating and following or subscribing are the most important things. Um, it tells the algorithm that people are listening to us and that they like us. And they will recommend us to other people. And reviewing is just nice because we miss our validation. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> If you leave us a review and you send it to us on Instagram at SVU Coven, we will shout you out on our Instagram because we want to appreciate the energy exchange and the effort you put into giving us a review. Um, While you're there, you can give us a follow at SVU Coven on Instagram because we have a good time over there and I think you guys would enjoy it. Uh, If you want to get more involved and become part of the Coven, you can also join our Discord. There's a link in our Instagram bio, but the link does expire. So your best bet is to shoot us a DM over on Instagram and we will send you a fresh link so you can hop in and join our little Coven community. We do tarot readings. We talk about SVU everything SVU Coven related you can find over there. If neither of those mediums are speaking to you, if they are not resonating, you can always send us an email. If you want to be on the show, ask us a question, you want us to talk about something, anything SVU Coven related, uh, shoot us an email at svucoven.com open to sponsorships. So if that's something you're interested in as well, feel free to email us and we will get back to you shortly. Um, and yeah, I think that's our show. Yeah. That's crazy. That <laughs> um, we only have one episode left of season one. I know. That's insanity. So that's crazy. <laughs> Make sure you guys tune in for that because we're almost done with our first season. If seriously, if you guys have an in with Michelle Hurd or <laughs> Michelle Hurd, if you're watching you're listening to this, hit us up because we would love to have you on. I know. We oh my gosh, how cool would that be? If we even got her to like give us a little comment just for the last episode. Yeah. That would be crazy. Manifesting that. Yes. Putting those vibes out there. Um, but anyway, I love you so much and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. I love you too. Blessed be. Blessed be.